on today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get another win against the Phoenix Suns. How did they tie the series with those Phoenix Suns? How? How, Sway? We'll tell you that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. Let it ride. Let's go. I'm and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Believe you shouldn't be here. Let it ride. Let's Let go, it ride. Baby. Let it ride. Two and two, baby. And welcome to your Locked On to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day during every the playoffs. Every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Lockdown Mavericks, where the best way to help grow the show is to comment below. Comment, let's go Mavs below. Comment, I don't know, Booker Flops below. <laughs> comment anything below. Go to Lockdown Suns and comment, let's go Mavs over at Lockdown Suns. Go do that. We got dogs in the house. That's where YouTube's where it's at. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer and contributor at Mavs.com, the dog dude, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We got a series, baby! Let's go! Who would have thought? I'm going to do the Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, baby. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Look at us. Who would have thought? Honestly, I did not think that they would be in this situation. I just, I'm just blown away that the Mavericks won those two games. <laughs> Let's go, baby. And you know what? Shame on me. Shame on me for thinking that. Because shame. We, ding, 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 ding. Where's shame. I don't have I don't have the Tottenham ding, ding, shame drop ding, anymore. Ding, ding, ding. Um, shame on me because this Mavericks team has proven all year to be resilient and to bounce back from stuff. And the only time we feel like like one of the reasons why this Mavericks team was so maddening at times during the season. It's because when they lose, they beat themselves, which is what the Suns team is doing as well, right? Like the Suns team, they beat yeah. themselves too. They're just an incredible team, and we'll talk all about that on today's show. But this Mavericks team, they didn't lose three games back-to-back, like only like three times this year, and they were all in the first month of the season. This Mavericks team only lost back-to-back games a couple times, and some of them were really stupid, like the Thunder and uh, Magic games back-to-back, right? Like where the the team just beats themselves. This Mavericks team has proven to be resilient. They've had the most comebacks from down 10, you know, 10 uh, points in the NBA this year. And it's just been incredible to watch them these last two games because we got ourselves a series, Isaac. They they go you know they come home they they have that game three and it's like hey if they're gonna win a game it's this game right like it's game three yeah it's, season's your backs on the line gonna, yeah season's on the line the backs against wall you know if you're Phoenix you kind of see it too it's like all right we just you know we're the best team in the league you know sixty four wins we're shooting the lights out and Dallas wins that game three and you're like all right that's the game I wasn't as confident I was with you I wasn't as confident in this game four because. It's like, all right, Chris had a down game. Like all those, you know, things happened the other day for that game three, and they shoot beneath fifty percent. They haven't done that all, you know, you know, playoffs so far. They right. lost their first game in game three with a healthy team with Booker and stuff because they lost those two games against the Pelicans when Booker set out. And then Dallas comes in here this game four, 
and says, we're going to throw it back to 2011, baby. Mother's Day Massacre oh, 2.0. 2.0. I don't know if a 10-point win is a massacre, but it was definitely a Whatever. win on Mother's Day in the playoffs against the team that went to the finals last year. So, <laughs> On Mother's Day. On Mother's just, Day. That was just so fun, You know that whole storyline with it. But hats off to this Dallas Mavericks team, man. They're so, they're so close-knit. They're so, their team chemistry is just off the charts. And how they played today to get back into the series – of you know, some people throwing out the whole like gentleman sweep and all that after they went. And won. How about you know, like, all the Suns fans saying chanting "Suns in four after game two? We should have clipped that for this pod. The Suns in four chance, but just th- we have a legit series now. The series is at least going six games. It's coming back to Dallas on Thursday night. That place is going to be rocking and insane. And now Dallas, they just got to steal one in Phoenix. Speaking of the crowd rocking, this was the I've. I've, you know, this is the first playoff run I've been able to cover in person. This was the loudest I've heard the, the, you know, the home crowd. It was from the jump. People were ready. People were in. They were like booing Chris Paul when he got announced. They were booing Devin Booker when he got announced. Chris Paul got that first foul like really early in the game. And yeah. there's just like just cheers, just overall cheers overall. That, that Chris Paul foul was like, what was it? It was 11 minutes and 34 seconds. It was literally 30 seconds into the game, and he got he get that he got that foul, and everyone's just cheering and screaming. And man, it was it was one of those. And now you can look at this series and say, okay, well, their game three wins. Some people may say, oh, that was a fluke. Okay, well, now you can't say two wins are a fluke, right? And you know, if you see any Suns fans or Suns media or people like that saying, oh, it's a it's a fluke. They, why? Two games is not a fluke. This team earned these wins. They got they yeah. got there. And it's incredible to watch this team. And I go back to the thing we said before this series. This Suns team is really, really good. Really, really good. Like some people were saying, why aren't we why aren't we talking about this Suns team as one of the best teams of all time, possibly? It's not it's not going to be, but it but up there with like one of the, you know, 20 greatest teams we've seen. Yeah, like regular season. Yeah. Regular season, for sure. They were top three in offensive rating and defensive rating. And so we said, hey, this is going to be a tough series. Any success the Mavericks have against the Suns, you should be celebrated. And we should be happy for their achievement. And, like, they've accomplished something. Basically, they've accomplished something big if they can do anything against the Suns team. Series tied after four games. Like, holy crap. That is incredible to see this team and to see them not panic and not try to do something crazy like – after game two, we were like, okay, what's what's a crazy kind of adjustment they could, they could try to make or do something? And so some people in the comments be like, well, you got to do Boban. Well, let's throw Marquise no. Chris out there and got to do something something nuts. Like, oh, I'll take 53s or something like that. Almost, almost got there <laughs> tonight. I'm fine if they want to do that. So. Almost got there. But just, you know, just crazy things. Like, what kind of crazy adjustment do they need to make? They didn't make a crazy adjustment. They didn't panic. They didn't do anything that was completely out of their depth or out of their realm, right? Like, they just they, they tinkered. They made some adjustments. They, they tinkered. They, they didn't adjusted do a little bit, but they yeah. stuck to their game plan and stuck to the thing that has helped them be this resilient team all year. Yeah, and it, I mean, just to see Luca lead this team, to see Brunson and those guys, you know, the three point shooting. We're we'll talk you know more about the role players, and y'all know we're gonna have some love for Dorian coming up. Um, because if you've been listening to this pod for a while, do you know <laughs> how much we love Dorian Finney-Smith? Oh, this this is our, our guy. 
Uh, there's only a few players on this team that I've written multiple like long features about, and it's been Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith since he's been in Dallas, and I freaking love Dorian. But anyway, okay, got to calm that down for a second. Same. Um, you know, they played. You know, they started playing Frank over Josh Green. You know, they started switching some stuff up with defense and trying to preserve Luca. Some I thought. Mm-hmm. You know what they did in. Um, you know, the second quarter a little bit. They they went on a run a little bit without Luca. They held their ground, at least kept the you know, the ship afloat without Luca. It allowed Luca to sit a little bit longer. You know, he came back with like five minutes ago in the second. He only Luke played only 30. Played th- yeah. No, <laughs> I was right. just gonna say he only played thirty seven minutes in this Same. game. You know, when it was like forty four what game one or something. So Yeah. Just hats off. Hats off to the coaching staff. Um, just the teams fight through this. It felt like you watched this game. If like every loose ball they were getting, they yeah. were just they out hustled Phoenix. I know there's a lot of conversation about referee and all of that, but the hustle factor, like that was purely Dallas tonight. And if you're going to talk about the referees, and we will a little bit in this, but like the Suns had their chance to win this game. The Mavs went like ice cold in the, in the second half. And uh, they shot 6 of 20 from 3 in the second half. They shot 38% overall in the second half. Only took 6 free throws in the second half. So it's, it's not like the refs handed, <laughs> handed a team like 20 free throws to one player in like a finals or something like that. It's not like something like that happened. You know, how? why would that ever happen in the NBA, you know? but That would, that would never happen. I mean, you look at personal fouls tonight. Phoenix at 25. You know, Dallas at 21, free throws, Phoenix at 18, Dallas at 19, just one more than that. That doesn't tell the full story, but I thought a Jason Kidd quote post game was absolutely <laughs> incredible, saying, you know, hey, Chris Paul's, you know, across the court of there, we're learning from the best. And uh, <laughs> happy birthday, CP. <laughs> I thought that was just maybe my favorite Jason Kidd quote all year because we <laughs> all know what he was going for with that. And it was just a spectacular delivery of a quote from Jason Kidd. Who deserves the most credit for this win? Probably everybody. But we'll talk about the main players. Luca, Dorian, Jalen Brunson. How good were those guys? And where can they take the Mavericks? Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Uh, Bet Online has been, they've been on Suns as the, the series favorite for this whole time. Now, now that it's tied, uh, it's getting it's getting closer. Suns minus two forty favorite. It's back to where it was before the series even started. Before the series started, it was like Suns two forty or something like that, and now it's back down there. It was at like Suns six hundred or something like that. Um, so it's getting closer. If you look at compared to the Warriors series, Warriors are a minus nine hundred favorite. The Bucks are a minus. Uh, 165 favorite so this series is getting closer and they're actually giving some respect to the Mavericks so if you're feeling still good about your Mavericks to win this series go ahead and head to bet online they already have the Tuesday they already have game three or game five ready on here guess what it opens as Suns is a three and a half point favorite six Suns are a six point favorite in game five so If you're feeling if you're feeling pretty good about that, it's, they're also plus two hundred on the plus two ten on the money line for the Mavericks. So if you're feeling good about that, go ahead and check out Bet Online. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. It's Bet Online where the game starts. <laughs> Happy birthday, CP. All right, Isaac, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board podcast. Host Rafael Barlow. I saw him at Game Four. 
Yeah, I saw him. No, at game three. I saw him at game three. He's a DFW native. He's from NBA Draft Junkies, the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. Everything NBA Draft that you could want. Mavs Draft, Richard Stamen is on there with him weekly. Uh, gives you an in-depth look at the draft. And Locked on NBA Big Board on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. All right, Isaac. We, we got to start. Uh, Luka Doncic did not have a 40-point game. Did not have even a 35-point game or even a 30-point game. He didn't even shoot the ball well. He was 9 of 25 in this game, 1 of 10 from 3, and only took 8 free throws. 8 free throws is good, but but where Luka made up for it, 11 assists, only 4 turnovers. He fouled 4 times, but he didn't he didn't get in foul trouble at all in this game really. And he only had to play 37 minutes. Luka was as good as you needed him to be to win this game. And it's crazy to watch. Like, It's not like his usage percentage was way down in this game. It's not like they even changed something different. He honestly just shot worse <laughs> in this game. But he's kicking out to more, and guys were just hitting the shots that he had been kicking out to um, for, the, for the first two games. Like, he's not really doing – I don't think he was doing anything different on the offensive end. Yeah, they. you know, Jason Kidd said post-game, he's like, hey, we just – we got to get into the paint because it just yeah. opens up. He was talking about the three-pointers, but – He's like, we get into the paint, we keep attacking. It's either going to be a layup or it's going to be a three-pointer. And he just kept getting into the paint. Jalen Brunson kept getting into the paint. You know, they had 22 assists tonight. But that's just, you know, with Luka, whether it's posting up, whether it's taking people off the dribble, whether it's the the pick and roll. I, I tweeted out something in the first uh, first quarter. Something that was so key is you got to set good picks like Dwight, Maxi. They're sitting good picks because what Phoenix was doing in those first few games was, you know, especially against that Spain action or the high pick and roll is, you know, Mikel was getting through the picks. You set a bad pick, he's getting through it. He's really good at getting through picks. And therefore, Aiden's dropping and taking away the Dwight role. So, but what was happening, especially early on, was, you know, Aiden was dropping so far that they were just getting floaters. Because they were sitting good picks, Mikhail yeah. couldn't get through, so they're just getting the floaters on on Aiden. And I mean, Aiden, these past two games, where where is he? Like, is he? You know, we were leaving game one saying, "Are we going to have got, an answer?" They got no you know, answer. We have DMs and YouTube comments saying, "Put Boban in." And it's like, <laughs> but now we went two games. I mean, Aiden was fourteen and eleven tonight, minus fifteen. It's like you. You would expect, especially in a game in which Chris Paul has foul trouble and only plays, you know, twenty three minutes. You're like, all right, Aiton's going to be their next guy. But Dallas just kept taking advantage of kicking it out, getting into the paint, and their three point their three point shooting time was the story of the game. Yeah, I mean, you hit twenty threes. You hit fourteen in the first half. <laughs> that is, I yeah. mean, that was the reason why they built up to a seventeen point lead and and got that. And that was where Luca Luca shined. I thought he was able to kick out to those shooters and. He was only one of 10 from three himself, but he created so many. I mean, I think he created all of Dorian's threes probably in this you game. Know, but You know how many threes uh, they hit on Mother's Day in 2011? Ooh, I think it starts with the two and ends with the zero. Ding, ding, ding. They hit 20 in that game. Anyway, just wanted to throw Your it out. Your point there. about Aiton was right because the the like he was dropping and the Mavericks were getting that floater shot, which Luka and Brunson will take, and they weren't even hitting those those very well. Yeah. Um, but on the other – but Aiton only scored – when Chris Paul was setting him up on those pick and roll, they were killing the Mavs on the pick and roll. I thought early in the game, and then um, at the end of the first quarter, they started to like they were just feasting on that Bullock Maxi. Bullock and Maxi were switching on that screen between you know with Chris Paul and Aiton. And when Maxi was on Chris Paul, it was the same thing that was happening in games two and, and three, where Chris where Maxi's on Chris Paul, and then all of a sudden Chris Paul has you know a, a, a jumper and he can just hit over the top of him. And him and Aiton were really feasting on that matchup. 
And that's where Aiden scored. And Aiden scored a couple putbacks. He had six offensive rebounds. But he wasn't getting his post-ups and turnaround and creating his own shot. Like, he wasn't getting any of that in this game because the Mavericks were keeping him away from the basket. They were keeping him. And they also were uh, disrupting any kind of passing from the guards to make an entry pass, right? They they made it really hard for guys to make entry passes in this game, too. Um, The Mavericks lost the rebounding battle tonight. Just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> they were winning it at one point, but <laughs> it's two games in a row in which you know they they've lost the uh, rebounding battle, and you know they've won both these two games. Just wanted to you know put that out there, but I don't think they're looking for him as much either. You know, it's kind of weird. I thought game one, especially, they're really trying to go at it a lot and try to get him touches. Well, and he um, only played thirty three minutes. Like, why is he not? Yeah. Why is he not playing more? Is it is it fitness? I mean, he had he only had. What one foul? He had one foul in this game, in a game where everybody was just getting fouls all over the place. Like if you were trying yeah. in this game, if you were involved in this game in any way on both sides, you were getting a foul, doing something. And Aiton only had one foul. Like I, I think that's a negative on his part because it just shows he wasn't getting involved. And the Mavericks did well to pull him out of the paint on defense too, where he wasn't getting involved defensively yep. either. It was sort of a like it was kind of like a Gobert problem where the Mavericks were playing. Maxi a lot, and he, you know, he had to go out and guard Dorian, or he had to go out and guard Maxi, and he, they, he was, they were able to pull him away from the paint a little bit, and he wasn't, he wasn't really involved in offense or on defense for most of the game. Well, just making him close out, I mean, that's huge, especially, yeah, right. you know, for this team tonight. That, you know, I, I can't remember if we we talk so much off the pod when we're not recording. I can't remember if it's on the pod or not, but we said on yesterday's either podcast or on our Zoom, you know, we, we were joking between each other, we're like, man, the Mavericks still haven't had their like three-point barrage game yet you know and they still haven't had one of those games well ding 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 here it is you know they shoot this i mean this is the this is the story of the game really of but they've honestly got their threes all series though like this is this thing we've been talking about like they had you know they they had 16 i think in game one they had 17 the other night and you know they, they hit 20 tonight but they attempted 44 shoot more threes like this is this shoot at least 43s. It's not the same in this series. I realize that, but keep on shooting. This Mavs team has to keep on launching these three-pointers and you just bet on the percentages because these guys are good three-point shooters and Reggie and Dorian these guys and I mean and what's good about what's good about that and, and they're not really forcing it, but when they find somebody that's really hot like like Dorian They'll start yeah. going to him more, and he'll take 12 threes in a game instead of, like, five or seven or something like that. Or, you know, Bertans, he got six three-point attempts this game because he was hitting, right? when you, It's it's finding that hot hand, and they have in this in these playoffs. They found it with Maxi one game. They found it with Bullock one game. Dory in this game. You know, Bertans now. Like, they'll find it. Brunson was was one at one point. They'll find the hot hand from somebody, and it's just, it's just the- getting up enough of them to try and find who it is. Dorian said this post game. I thought it was a really cool uh, quote. He said, uh, "It feels good to be in that company." He was talking about um, joining Jason Terry, three point postseason record, all that. Mm. He said they ye- they yelled at me uh, Wait, because so he, t- the- he tied Jason Terry for most threes made in for a Maverick in the playoffs. Well, he's he's one three pointer shy of a franchise postseason three point record held by Jason Terry. Dang. So he says, I ye- they yelled at me because they drew up a play for me after I hit a three and I didn't shoot it. He said, but LD told me after I'd hit five threes that you're about to get some more. He said, when LD tells you that you're about to get some more threes, I figured it was going to get some. And like that, <laughs> that's really cool. You know, that gives you a little bit of insight, like their relationship that Luke is going to him saying, hey, you got five. I'm about to get you some more because Luca knows he can generate people three pointers like it's like easy. He, he can just he can make that stuff happen. And, and tonight. 
for all the crap that some of these role player shooters get from some of the fans sometimes, it was really cool to see a guy like Dorian. I mean, we just love Dorian. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I feel like we but, go on the spiel so many times of just his story is, you know, a story from undrafted to where he is now. He hits eight of 12 in this. He, he even joked about it in the, in the post game. He said, man, I talked my stuff. And he said, I was talking my stuff when it was ugly too. Like talking about his, <laughs> his shot because his rookie season, man, it, he struggled with it. His the form was off. First three years, he was a 30% three-point shooter. Yeah, and just to see, man, his fight uh, just to where he is now. And, you know, we were, we were sitting here on this podcast the day he signed that extension earlier this season saying, man, this could be a steal. Like, yeah. what? Can you – I would almost be more worried about Dorian right now than JB if Dorian didn't sign Very an extension much. and he was going to be an Very unrestricted much. free agent. What money he would be getting because I'm be like, I don't want to lose that man. Like, we can't lose that man. I saw a Hornets writer like, quote tweet. I, like, Clutch Points was even tweeting out Dorian's um, three-point shooting. And I'm like, when Clutch Points is tweeting out <laughs> tweeting something that you did, like you're doing something. And uh, uh, a Hornets writer quote tweeted it and said, yeah, with Dorian, what a great development story, blah, blah, blah. Would love to have him on the Hornets. And I almost was like, F you, like, get out of here. No, <laughs> like, no. You, there's no way you're getting Dorian away from this team. So glad he signed that extension. But literally every NBA team would want Dorian, right? You could, you could, every single you, one. You could go through and say, well, maybe one of these wouldn't want Brunson. But every single NBA team would want somebody like Dorian Finney-Smith. Yep. And the Mavs rightly kept him around, developed him enough, and saw something in him early on to say, hey, we're going to invest in this guy. And it's just been incredible to watch his growth. Hit eight threes. Uh, had almost, Was leading the Mavericks in scoring for most of the game. Luka finished with 26. He had 24. And he guarded Booker and Chris Paul the whole dang game. Yeah. Picked up Chris Paul from full court when Bullock was out for a, a stretch there. Like he was doing everything for the Mavericks. And it and in a game where a ton of people were called were getting called for a ton of fouls, he only had two in this game. Yeah. Like, hats off you, to Dorian. Like game ball. Up, Give him the game ball. For those of you who still have like a Merriam Webster's dictionary, um, you know, you pull it out off of your bookshelf. Just Google it or use the app. Okay. I'm just saying if, if somebody still has a, a physical copy. If you if you pull that thing off your shelf and you look up three and D dust like it in, off in, <laughs> NBA player, you're gonna see you know Dorian Finney Smith's face. The the three That's and D it. role player that every team needs to play winning basketball at the highest level, Dorian Finney Smith is the definition of that. Oh, my guy. How many Sorry. offensive rebounds did Dorian have? Five, baby. <laughs> because because he's a good offensive rebounder. He's a good basketball player. Let's go. Oh, he's a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Coming up, let's talk about how this game was won for the Dallas Mavericks. Let's talk about some of the adjustments they made, their defense, how they were able to. The one adjustment the Mavericks made that made a, a big difference over these last two games. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I ate my last coconut brownie chunk at the game today. Oh. I had my last one today. So, Sorry. Built. Built Bar. Get your act together and make some more coconut brownie chunk. Uh, David Locke went to the Built Bar factory in Utah. Yeah, I mean, he has time. And <laughs> he sent me a, a picture today of him going on like this really long bike ride today. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's got time. He's got time to, do. But he's he got he, time to get a bill bar. <laughs> he's he got he, time to get something to eat. 
<laughs> he said he went to the factory and said he talked to me about how they make the the coconut brownie chunks and they have to individually place the chunks on there. So they're trying to figure out a new way. That's why they haven't. Uh, okay. That's why they haven't come out with more of them, and it's, it's harder to make than some of the other ones. But they have some of the other great, incredible flavors. The Churro Puff, Mint Brownie, Raspberry, Cherry Barcia, Cookies and Cream, Peanut Butter Brownie, all of those great, incredible flavors. Go check them out at Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order, no matter how many boxes you get. LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, how this game was won. The Mavericks... The the refs played a big deal into it, right? But the game was slowed down. It's another it's another reason. Game game three was kind of like this, where you're like, oh man, there's so many calls. But the the benefit for the Mavericks is when there's a bunch of calls, it slows the game down, and the Mavericks play better when the game is slowed down. In this game, according to Cleaning the Glass, 90 possessions each each team, 92 mm. for the Suns, 91 for the Mavs. It was 88 each in game three. It's when it's slowed down for the Mavericks. When it's slowed down, they play a lot better. They can get into their stuff, and you know the other team isn't just running them out of the gym to where they're, ex- you know, putting out a bunch of energy in transition, and they can put it more into all right. We got to get Luca's got to put forth a bunch of effort. Brunson's got to put forth a bunch of effort to get some offense going for the Mavericks. The three point shooting was a huge deal, but I, I think going back to the defense, I think one adjustment that the kid Jason Kidd has made over these last two games that's a big deal that I don't think people will mention, especially nationally, is Frank Nilakina. Mm. Frank Nilakina has bothered Devin Booker in the in the stints that he's been out there and has been at least solid against him. And having that instead of what Josh Green was getting you, and Nilakina hit a three in the second half when nobody oh, else so was, hyped for was hitting a three in the second half, but he. Uh, he, he, I thought he's been a big deal, and that's that's like found money for the Mavericks, and that's an adjustment I think that they made that has made a bigger deal than people are going to mention. Yeah, I mean he he only played you know basically nine minutes nine in minutes. this game, so you know Eight you're not looking plus at the garbage time. <laughs> yeah, so you're not looking at it saying, oh, you know, Frank turned the whole game, but it is such a nice little adjustment. We talked about him tinkering with some things. If you've noticed, Dwight Powell's minutes have went down every single game yeah. this series. It was like 15, 13, 10 in game three, now nine in game four. Like, it's just that that tinkering. Playing Bertons, you know, he played 13 minutes tonight. What a, what an impact Bertons gave him. Like Bertons got him the fourth, got him the four threes that he made that were big and kept the Mavs and held that lead. But then as I wrote this down, as soon as he started hurting them on defense, like almost this, like it was eight minutes and 53 seconds left in the second quarter. As soon as he started hurting them on defense more, kid took him out. It was like, he was just waiting around like, okay, as soon as those threes that he's hitting, he's giving them away on the other end. I think Crowder hit two threes mm-hmm. against him where Bertans was supposed to be the guy to rotate over. And he was late on both of them. And there's a scout sitting next to me and he looked at me and he was like, he sucks. <laughs> and I was, I was like, Let's go, okay, uh, on defense. But as soon as Burton started to hurt him, he took him out. And that was another kid adjustment where he's like, I'm just going to try this guy and see what he's got. He gave him four threes. And then as soon as yeah. he started hurting more than he was helping, took him out. And that that quick that quick leash has been helpful um, for guys in foul trouble and for these guys that are fringe playoff rotation guys for the Mavs. Well, it, you know, it's the, the Washington boys. It was, you know, Bertans and, and Dinwiddie, you know. Have Dinwiddie 20, had the second quarter. 10, 22 points combined between the two of them. You know, six of ten from, from three combined between the both of them. Like, that, they had that stint there in the second that allowed Luca to, you know, to, to rest a little bit and come in later in the second because they were 
they were scoring. They, they had all the confidence. And shout out to the crowd tonight. Like that crowd was behind this Electric. team. I mean, from the start. And yes, I, I just felt like they they just like fed off the whole like crowd, the energy, and everything for them to you know take this game. Uh, at halftime, also twenty. Uh, 29 to 6 bench points. The Mavericks were outscoring the Suns. And that mm. was because of Maxi a little bit, but Bertons and, and Dinwiddie, huge. Yeah. 29 to 6 at halftime. It ended up being a lot closer than that, but uh, you know, Chris Paul got in foul trouble, and so he didn't play as much. And then Cam Johnson came and scored. But what are we talking about the refs? That that game was brutal. I'm not gonna lie. It was brutal, and I, I thought the Mavericks benefited more than the Suns benefited from the brutal calls. The Mavericks have been a little bit more physical. Um, Devin Booker is, is flopping all over the place. Luka is honestly flopping all over the place <laughs> at times. But I think that Luka and Brunson have like accepted th- the rate at which the fouls were being called more than Booker and Chris Paul did. And I think that was one of the reasons why. like It was getting in the Suns' heads. And Luka and Brunson were like, okay, we're not getting these calls. Like We're going to complain about it a little bit and, on- and obviously go to the refs. But we're just going to keep doing our thing we're just gonna keep driving in right and yeah i thought that it got to chris paul and booker more than it got to brunson and luca and that was a big difference the start of the game for luca i was like all right we gotta calm down <laughs> you know because oh. it was like the foul the tech luca the- luca's <laughs> start to the game was n- was nuts he got <laughs> he got a technical uh because he like kind of flopped against jay crowder and didn't get the foul call yeah. um and then which there was an angle to that i thought it was a flop too but there was an angle of it that jay Jay Crowder looked like he pushed it more than Aiton did. I mean, right, right. It wasn't a foul on Aiton, um, no, no, but Crowder no. pushed him. Crowder pushed him a little bit. Didn't he? Yeah. Didn't get Luca. Didn't get the foul call. He got a technical there. That's early in the game, nine thirty, uh, minute marker in the first quarter. Then he got the, that stupid foul bumping into Crowder on the other end, just literally like trying to intimidate, bumping into him. Just a dumb foul on Luca. But then he draws like literally five seconds after that, Booker drives in and Luca draws the offensive foul, and then. Yeah. Luca gets the the pick and roll three right in Bridges' face and hits that shot like hits that pull up three like what a what a sequence of that all happened over the, the course Luca of experience. thirty seconds like yeah, it's like <laughs> the full Luca experience. But but you know the the refs in this game, you know, it's kind of like I was trying to think of like an analogy for it. it's kind of like the bully at school who just keeps on picking on somebody and then the other team just, or then the other kid just like punches him in the face. It's like you can't build like half of your reputa- reputation off flopping like Chris Paul. And like there, you could literally make a montage throughout your whole career that yes. people are sharing every playoff game you ever play of all your flops and all of your antics and all your dumb crap that you pull in these games. And then bam, when it sometimes it happens a little bit back to you because yeah, being honest, some of those fouls tonight, you know, across the board weren't really big fouls and Dallas no. sold them. But I'm yeah. like, you can't be mad at it when you've like done this your entire career. <laughs> You're about to go in the Hall of Fame and like your biggest resume is going to be all-star appearances, assists, and flops. And it's like and you're going to be like you're one of the best point guards of all time, but but you can't you can't complain about it. And I think Luca had a moment with him tonight that he even talked post game about or he joked about Chris Paul asking him there at the free throw line, they're laughing, and Chris Paul asking him about, "Hey, did I really push you that hard to fall down?" And Luca basically says, "No, but it was a smart play." And cuz and that's what alluding to Jason Kidd's quote post game about Chris Paul of Hey, we're we're learning from him right here. So he's done it his whole career, so you can't really complain about it. His fourth and fifth fouls. The fourth one was he tried to go for an offensive rebound against Luca and literally like like flew into him in the air, 
when he already was in foul trouble. That was right before halftime. Like literally, it was such a weird play where he gets his third foul, and they take him out at like the like two minute mark or something like that, and then they put him back in at like the forty eight second mark. Just a weird decision by Monty Williams to not just sit in the rest of the half. But then he gets that foul, just putting himself in a dumb situation, just flying into Luca when Luca's so much bigger, <laughs> bigger than him in the air. You're not going to get a tip against Luca, and then his fifth foul was the one where it's it's his play. Like, it's his play in transition where he runs and he, he literally changes his path, runs in front of Brunson, stops, and then Brunson falls over him, and they called it an offensive foul, and I thought that was a, I thought that was a right foul. That's the foul that they the referees talked about over the offseason. It's the Trey Young stopping the in the Young, middle. Yeah. It's the Trey Young stopping in the middle of the lane and pulling up to get a, you know, a dumb foul, and they took that out of the game, and that was literally what they talked about. And Chris Paul, you know, they, they reviewed that one, right? Yeah, they did. That was yeah. the one they reviewed. Chris they Paul didn't. It. Chris Paul didn't ask for that challenge or think he was getting that at any point during that. He knew as soon as it happened, it was a foul. His face wasn't like, oh, he wasn't even complaining. He didn't even look and complain to the refs at all. He just turned around and was just kind of like accepting what had happened. And, uh, and, and a lot of it was judgment that, part. But, but that's stuff that he normally does and, yeah. and usually gets away with it. He was not going to get away from it with this ref crew because they were just calling everything all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of judgment calls on his part of like, yeah, some of those fouls were kind of, you know, ticky tack fouls, but sure. like you got to be smarter about whether to go for it. Like Luca picks up his second foul and he stays in the game, like, oh, bold move here, staying yeah. in the game. And what happened to him? He he turned into a traffic cone because, and then yeah. you know, a couple of them just rolled right past him. And he's like, I'm not even going to try to tempt this. He's making a judgment call because he knows if he even tries to go into the paint, they're probably going to flop or do something to try <laughs> to get a foul on him. So, I. Some of a judgment call on his part, you know, I I've said myself about Devin Booker. He just he just acts like, you know, his he he just acts like he's like a four time champion, and that that stuff just he's so dang talented, and he's he's good, and he's especially to start the game it feels like every shot he has, you know, he shoots it's gonna go in, but he just the way he carries himself, he just acts like you think he's uh, I mean, somebody said it on Twitter that he's Kmart Kobe and. It's just funny. Not us. Not us. Somebody else. Nah. No, no. not us. Somebody else said he was a Kmart Kobe. Uh, Really talented player. Excellent player. His block. So good. He had a block in this game against Dinwiddie that it was like, oh, my God. That is not something Devin Booker would have done first couple years in his career. But he can't do it alone. And if Chris Paul is going to play like this, I mean, you talk about the turnovers in game three, and you're like, oh, that's a fluke. Chris Paul will never do that again. Okay, well, how about he fouls out in just 23 minutes of play in game four? Is he going to do that again? I mean, I'm just wanting to know. I mean, he had 35 points and he attempted 22 shots. Is he getting everybody involved? Is he a ball hog? Yes, I'm I'm totally kidding because that was, you know, the narrative with with Lucas. I just wonder (laughs) if it's going to go back to Booker that way. He had seven assists. I mean, (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, if Chris Paul is going to play like that, then the Mavs have a chance. I mean, everything hinges on the Chris Paul thing. Like, you can't. How whatever takes you had coming out of two games of this series, you couldn't have predicted Chris Paul to just fall off the face of the earth. Like, you know, the earth's round, so he couldn't fall off flat, Kyrie. But it's just the fact that he has that game in game three, and then he comes out tonight, five fouls, and or five points, six fouls, he fouls out, and all like he was just totally thrown off. It it's just it's wild. So does he have a bounce back game in the next one? Maybe going back to Phoenix now. We'll set this up for for Tuesday night for 
I mean, all the pressure goes back to Phoenix now, right? The, I mean, the pressure has been on Phoenix. I mean, maybe game yeah. three, there was more pressure on the Mavs because their season was on the line. But this whole series has been like the Mavs are playing with house money and the Suns have all the pressure on them because they have to win these series because they are the better team. And if they lose, then it's huge upset, right? It's been in Vegas the, the whole time. The Mavs have not been yeah. the favorite. La- last thing here, it was continuing on the Chris Paul stuff. Um, at, in the fourth quarter at one point, I saw Chris Paul going at it with a fan near the sun's bench and just like yelling at him pointing at him pointing at like security and stuff and like a guy came over and you know the security was was coming over and standing there was like sun's officials that were, were around them like there was something happening and so we learned after the game uh dave mcmenamin said a source familiar with chris paul's was, oh, no so then chris paul tweets out um chris paul tweets out something about how um, want to find players for saying stuff to the fans, but the fans can put their hands on our families. F that. And so we're like, wait, what the hell? And I, I figured that was something. What does can- the F stand for? <laughs> Friends. <laughs> um, well, I figured it was something to do with that little like back and forth in the fourth quarter. But then Dave McMenamin tweeted out a source familiar with Chris Paul's tweet after game four told ESPN that Chris Paul's mother had hands put on her by a Dallas fan and by Paul's wife and, and Paul's wife was also pushed. To make mm. matters worse, Chris Paul's kids witnessed it. They felt very unsafe, the source said. Um, the Mavericks put out a statement saying the Dallas Mavericks are aware of an incident between a fan and the family of Chris Paul. It was unacceptable behavior and it will not be tolerated. The Mavericks, along with the American Airlines Center, swiftly removed the fan from today's game. Um, goes without saying, but we will. That's unacceptable. Do not do that. Don't be yeah. that guy. Don't yell at fans, yell at players and like, you know, have fun with it, but don't put your hands on people. That's Come so on. stupid. That fan should be banned. That fan should not be allowed back at American Airlines for any kind of event or for a Mavericks game or anything like that. I don't care what what you're feeling in a freaking basketball game. No. You so want to put your hands on a player's family? Get out of here. Come on. Just cheer no. the game. Let's have some fun with it. But it's cross a line, and there's there's no there's no sense in that. Show some class. That's it. Yep, that's it. So that's what happened with Chris Paul at the end of the game. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll be here every single day still. We're keeping doing podcasts because the Mavericks have tied the series. we got a guaranteed game six now. And um, Can't wait for this 9 p.m. tip on Tuesday night. (laughs) But, man, Thursday's going to be rocking in the AAC, baby. Guaranteed another home game. Let's go. I can't wait. There you and go. then I think if there, you know, if there is a game seven, we actually do get a couple days break. Then I think game seven. There is seven two days. Would, there is two days if Sunday. there's a game seven. There's a. It's Thursday for game six, and then it'd be Sunday for uh, for game seven if there would be one. All right. See y'all. There you tomorrow. go, guys. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every day. We will have more for you. Thanks for making make your second listen. Lockdown NBA. Yours truly going on there with Jackson Gatlin to talk about Mavs and talk about everything. Now we are the biggest uh, we are <laughs> experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. It's out. Boom.